welcome to Dan Dazzo the show. Monday to Friday. Independent. Current. Exciting. Subscribe and follow. Yo, three things coming to mind all at once as I'm just hitting the record button to record the show called Dan Dazzo the show. Monday through Friday. Welcome back. Welcome back. Oh, uh, what do we, Okay, let me see. I don't know where I'm going to start. Um, this came to mind on Dan Dazzo the show. That's the feature, by the way. I just started the that, 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 that uh, we start the show off with. It's called "This Came to Mind." The very first thing that has come to my mind uh, just shortly before recording the show for you is what I tackle. And as I said, three things just struck me. Now I'm at the park. Nice, bright, sun shining. The first thing that just crossed my mind now is because I'm looking across from me, and there's a guy who's walking past, rocking black, slim-fitting slash skinny pants. Uh, just hugging all his assets and accentuating his buttocks and his legs and uh, i can see that he's a tall motherfucker uh, and by the way in the gay world we've got you know most tops bottoms versus those, those are different sex roles and i'm hoping that this guy i'm looking at is a bottom because um, i'm one of those people who believes that small s's matter too small s's must get fucked okay so the first thing that came to mind like i'm looking at him and he keeps looking the other way you know like when you look at someone in a sign of appreciation or something mm, boy listen listen can you and i just spread the word <laughs> can you and i find a room <laughs> right now and the thing is i don't know what's going on with him maybe the guys the poor guy is conflicted and confused he's like what's going on here because this guy's just staring me down so he's looking the other way as if maybe i'm looking at someone else yet he's in full view of me right in front of me and i'm looking gazing straight in his direction but he's looking elsewhere uh, i think i should just cut this thing of staring people down it, 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 it's um, i think it's annoying i know it when it's leveled my way when someone gives me a stare without saying something i'm like i'm, I'm, I'm in puzzlement what are you trying to communicate to me are you, is there something you want to say maybe come through and just verbalize it maybe that's what i should do going forward just this 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 right no longer fear rejection yeah no longer fear rejection that's the first thing that came to mind is i'm looking looking at this guy is looking in the other direction um I, I don't know so that's one thing secondly i just put out on at ndandazo underscore rsa on my tiktok instagram whatever you find at ndandazo rsa um likey as well um trailer as well the latest update that i put up right there is of me basking in the sun uh, and also talking about some of the advantages that uh, have to do with being in the sun and now i'm thinking to myself i had not proofread some of the shit that's on there and uh, i recall last time there was a post that i made maybe it's still up i'll look it up on my feed where i'd wanted to say lose but i'd said I'd, I'd typed l-o-s-e no, I wanted to say loose, but I typed loose, L-O-S-E, instead of L-O-O-S-E. And it's all because I had not first gone through the text before posting. Do, do you do that sometimes? Like, in, you are in a hurry to just post shit, and you don't first go through certain things. And the thing is, I'm not in the habit of, once I've posted, I take things down. For me, that just seems a bit dodge and criminal, and uh, you'd think, I don't know. Like, something about it just, if I've made a mistake... And I've already put shit out there. I don't rectify it in the same way that if I'm recording this show and I make a, and I fumble and I make a mistake, there is no part two for me. I hit the record button once, 
and what is recorded here is what you get right whether i've made a grammatical error somewhere there's a technical issue because i feel like it's it's just being real that way like um I don't want you to get a rehearsed thing here or a staged thing. It is what it is. Once I hit the record button, it, 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 that, that's that. Um, but as for shit that I post up, I must first look up what exactly it is that I've uh, put on there. Let me see this last post. Let's talk about some of the benefits of uh, basking in the sun. 7th of July 2020. I still have some residual pain. Oh yeah, that's the clip. And... Um, Here's some of the text on the clip. It says, exposure to sunlight is thought to increase the brain's release of a hormone called serotonin. And serotonin is associated with boosting mood and helping a person feel calm and focused. At night, darker lighting triggers the brain to make another hormone called melatonin. And this hormone is responsible for helping you to sleep. Ah, okay. Also, the text on the on the last post that I put up there on my uh, on all my socials. It says, getting anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes of sunlight on your arms, your hands, and your face uh, two to three times a week is enough to enjoy the vitamin D boosting benefits of sun. And uh, the sun's benefits go beyond fighting stress. All right. Here's some of the other reasons to catch some some rays. Um, although excess sunlight can contribute to skin cancer, a moderate amount of sunlight actually has preventive benefits when it comes to cancer. According to researchers, those who live in areas with fewer daylight hours are more likely to have some uh, to have some specific cancers than those who live where there's more sun during the day. And those cancers include colon cancer, Hodgkin's lymphoma, ovarian cancer, pancreatic cancer, and prostate cancer. Oh. From treating skin conditions to improving mood, sunlight has many benefits. And if you live in high altitudes, in high, in high, uh, yes, with, light, with little sunlight, a light box may prov- provide some of its mood-boosting benefits. And because excess sun exposure is linked with increased skin cancer risk, don't stay outside too long without sunscreen. If you're going to be outside for longer than 15 minutes or so, you'll need a sunscreen with an SPF of at least 15. Okay, so at least that post that didn't have any errors or mistakes made on it. Uh, it's safe that it's up there now. But I'll be back on my skate uh, skateboard, by the way. Uh, for you who's following me on the socials, particularly for my skateboarding, fully tomorrow because of nursing this lower leg pain, which on Sunday was excruciating. On, on Monday, it was debilitating. Today, it's just residual and mild and minor. But I feel like it would be premature of me to go all out on the skateboard while I'm still in recovery mode. I'm thinking... First thing tomorrow, I should be hitting the ground running. So, first thing number one was the guy who was staring, I was staring down. That's the one thing that came to mind. Second thing that came to mind was before you post your shit and uh, put it out on your socials, do you proofread? Do you check it out? Do you scrutinize it and then be sure and be confident that okay, well, what I wanted to say is what's on there, and then you put it out. Because I feel like I should be doing that more often, so that I don't misinform people or come out as a loser, you know. Come out, you wanted to say loose, and this thing I say lose. Yeah. Thirdly, this is what came to mind. Oh, by the way, if you're new to the show, that's a feature that I start the show off with every day. The very first thing that has come to mind show, just just before I come into the show. This came to mind when Dan dies of the show. Hmm. I was thinking about love. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about love just before getting on the show, and. Uh, <clears throat> You'd say I'm not qualified to speak on this subject. On this subject, but who is, who is qualified? Huh? True love is meant to be unconditional, right? 
and, and in my simple mind by things being unconditional meaning there is no condition that stands before love being expressed or love being there meaning you're not saying well if you lose 20 kilograms maybe i'll love you or if you'll just uh, be nicer then i'll love you if you'll be more polite when you talk to people if you'll be more humble or if you just uh, changed neighborhoods or if you listen to certain kind of music you know all these little things that you toss in there you put no condition for love right so why did it come to mind again it came to mind because I was thinking, well, I'm one of those people, I don't know of many others, but I do know of myself, who has made a conscious decision as a 30-year-old to never settle down with anyone in the form of marriage. Also highly unlikely is me finding one particular person to commit to and call them my life partner, even if we're not married in the sense of we're going over there, we're exchanging vows, we're signing on the court papers that your husband your wife or that kind of jazz um yeah i feel like for me it's we're all in this 3d experience we're all in this physical realm we're all in this web of called life and the beauty of it all is that we all hold unique perspectives while we're all on the same surface of earth roaming the same surface of earth we all hold unique views and uh, ideas of how to go about living our lives uh, what works best for us and yeah and i was thinking about love and i was like well for me the best expression of love is that if i am to marry somebody already that's a condition because it says now as part of the love that we're sharing for each other this condition of us marrying puts a stamp on that it makes it concrete it makes it solid it makes it final so unless we've done that our love is still in question huh? I, I, I don't know maybe i'm still in my mid-30s crisis i don't know but but i i'm so fixed in my in my in the fact that my expression of love doesn't mean that I must be tied down to one individual for life. Listen, I'm also trying to catch up with my own mind and where my mind is taking me here. It's a feature that we start the show off with. That's what came to mind. Okay? That is what came to mind. Lots more on the way. And uh, we're debuting that uh, other new feature that I wanted to debut yesterday. But I couldn't because we had lots to squeeze in. And uh, since we're coming back from the weekend, we would not have had much time for it. Um, I'm a lover of stories. I'm a lover of fiction. I'm a lover of uh, Zulu, the language. I'm a lover of Afrikaans, the language. And I wish that one day I'll be super fluent in both those languages. So in introducing this new feature to the show called... What's it called? Short Story Time on Dan Daza the Show. Yeah, Short Story Time. Um, we'll keep interchanging. We'll, we'll jump from Afrikaans to English, Afrikaans, uh, Afrikaans to Zulu, Afrikaans to Zulu, Afrikaans to Zulu each and every day. Starting with Afrikaans today, then it will be Zulu tomorrow, then it will be Afrikaans that day, then it will be Zulu that day, then it will be Afrikaans. So we're just getting short stories uh, from both 
these languages with the hope that and with the view that in the long run not only are we starting to learn the languages we'll start getting becoming more proficient in them because even the stories that we'll be tackling firstly it's short stories it's stories that are meant for younger people teenagers all right so they're using basic and simple words whether it's afrikaans whether it's zulu but it's it's, it's just the basics so that's the new feature that we're going to be debuting today uh, you also are already familiar with the other feature where you get to trust me on this one a song that i've heard in the last 24 hours then i get to share it with you Whew, that was a mouthful so yeah welcome to the show mm, lord oh lord jesus christ If you meant to be born, you meant to be born, dog. You you're just born a fighter. That that that's it. No contraceptive coil against this newborn baby you shall prosper. What about a baby born, a baby that was born holding his mother's IUD here? Is this 34-year-old Vietnamese mom who must have gotten the front of her life when a baby boy was born holding a contraceptive coil? Which should have prevented her from falling pregnant in the first place? Now this woman, who has two other children, is said to have inserted the intrauterine device. That's what the IUD stands for, intrauterine device, two years ago. According to VN Express, the coil came out at the same time as the baby, but separately. It was only after the baby was born that the, uh, that he grabbed onto it. On some bitch! Yeah! good, you thought! Very interesting. Um, luckily, doctors were on hand to take pictures of the very unusual event. Hai Pong International Hospital then posted some of the images on its Facebook page. Uh, showing the baby with his eyes shut while holding the IUD. After delivery, I thought him holding the device was interesting, so I took a picture. I never thought it would receive so much attention, said obstetrician Tran Vit Puong. Puong added that the IUD may have failed to prevent the pregnancy if it had moved um, from its original position. And according to Health Online, the intrauterine device is 99% effective when it comes to preventing pregnancy. And over the course of the year, Fewer than one of a hundred women with an IUD will get pregnant. That makes it one of the most effective forms of birth control. And uh, those who fall pregnant while using an IUD are more likely to have an ectopic pregnancy or miscarriage. Well, this mom, this mom right here, she proved to be one of the rare cases. And thank goodness, the baby or baby was born healthy, weighing 3.1 kilograms, and uh, he does remain under observation. But yeah, that I think that to me shows how much of a fighter you were just born to be. Oh, dog. Like, really. Oh. Another one of those things that I'm never gonna have in this life. Babies. <coughs> the public enterprises is telling South African Airways um, 
and uh, the unions there is no money for better severance pay today the department of public enterprises said that they would not be able to entertain further demands from labor unions regarding the retrenchment process at south african airways which forms part of a proposed business rescue plan for the national carrier it said it had addressed unions' concerns over the number of people to be retrenched during a meeting last Friday with the National Union of Metal Workers of South Africa, that is NUMSA, the South African Cabin Crew Association, SACA, and the South African Airways Pilots Association, SAPA. The concerns that they have, they have were addressed and the concerns centered on the number of people to be retrenched and the value per employee of the proposed VSP, meaning Voluntary Severance Package. The permit emphasized that the 1,000 people's uh, start-up number and the 2.2 billion rand budget for the VSP were arrived at with a view of ensuring uh, restructuring results in the formation of a viable, sustainable, competitive airline that provides um, integrated domestic, regional and international flight services. The plan envisions retaining only 1,000 of the current staff complement of close to 5,000 employees and the department stressed that uh, it was not able to accede to any further demands from sections of union leadership for additional benefits given the financial constraints on government. As a shareholder on behalf of government, the Department of Public Enterprises has made it clear to all the unions that, uh, that 2.2 billion rands budgeted for VSPs is the best that can be made available when government is faced with massive financial demands and constraints in the current financial crisis facing our economy. The severance packages consist of one week's pay per completed year of service, one month's notice pay, a 13th check, payment of accumulated, accumulated leave plus uh, a top-up of a backdated 5.9% wage increase agreed late, late, uh, late last year as unions staged a crippling strike at the airline. And SAA, you'll recall, they were placed into business rescue just a month later. Public Enterprises Minister Pravin Godan has been a vocal proponent of salvaging the loss-making airline and turning it into a sustainable business rather than letting it be liquidated. It's important that uh, we ensure that we have an airline that emerges from the business rescue plan that will not be burdened by an unsustainable agreement. Now, the DPE called on the recalcitrant unions to hold talks among themselves about the proposal, which will be put to a creditor's vote on July the 14th, after an earlier scheduled vote was delayed, partly at the urging of uh, the unions. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, dog. Right. Did you know that Discom has been fined 1.2 million rands after losing price gouging case for surgical masks? Did they deliberately inflate prices? which would be very, very low of a Discam. I mean, Discam is a reputable pharmaceutical company, isn't it? So so why would they do that? Well, pharmacy chain Discam has been found guilty by the Competition tribu- Tribunal of Price Gouging and fined 1.2 million rands for hiking the cost of surgical face masks at the start of COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. The case has referred to the tribunal by the Competition Commission in April. After the competition, Watchdog received complaints from the public about excessive pricing for the masks. During a hearing before the tribunal in May, Discam argued that it has been forced to hike prices because of dis- disruptions in supply as well as price increases by suppliers. And it claimed that its competitors had followed suit. But the tribunal nevertheless ruled that the pharmacy chain contravened the Competition Act by charging excessive prices for three types of surgical face masks, the SFM50, the SFM5 and the Folio50, which was the detriment, which was to the detriment of consumers during March.
Now, the commission managed to demonstrate that uh, Discam exerted market power by increasing its prices to significant levels uh, during the pandemic, and one such increase took place on the very day that South Africa's first COVID-19 case was announced. Discam had failed to show the price increases were reasonable, and um, in their view, Discam's massive price increases of surgical masks during the complaint period are utterly unreasonable and reprehensible. Poorer customers would not have been uh, would have been excluded from accessing the masks by such exorbitant increases, and other customers would have spent more on these items as a percentage of their disposable income. The tribunal said it would publish its comprehensive reasons for its decision in due course. Okay. That's that. Messmart is also starting a consultation uh, with Labour over possible job cuts at game stores. You're gonna lose your job, my people. I'm not happy for that, but I'm just saying, yeah. It's your job to upskill yourself, to make yourself unfireable, to make sure that when such times happen, when there's an economic downturn, when there's a pandemic, when there's um, and, and net bleeding out of jobs in the economy, that you are not one of those people who becomes collateral damage. How do you do that? Constant upgrading and upskilling of yourself. The right kind of creation of connects and networking within the company with the right kind of people. Yeah. Of course. If you're just another company number that shows up on the payroll and the company's HR books, but you're not really a mover and a shaker within the company, don't cry foul when you're on the list of the people who are getting the job the following day. It's a business move. The business is not making money. They must let go of certain people so they can keep head above water and hopefully those who are left behind can still have jobs and they can still be a business to, to salvage and maybe turn around and make profitable in the future. But in the meantime, someone must go so the business can proceed. And if you've not done all those things I highlighted there, then you become collateral damage, dog. It is what it is. Retailer Messmart says that it has started a consultation process under Section 189 of the Labor Relations Act that may affect 1,800 employees at game stores here in South Africa. In a short update to shareholders on Tuesday, Messmart said the decision came after it recently completed an assessment of opportunities to improve our South African game store efficiencies. And Section 189 of the Act governs, among other things, the procedures that companies must take ahead of any possible retrenchments. In addition to game, Messmart owns Macro, Dion, Wired, uh, Builders Warehouse, and Mess Cash. So if you're in any of those companies, you might be getting handed down a uh, written uh, notice that dog just like some of the people at adcon and at saa and other places we might be giving you the chop okay it's not that we've got anything against you it's just that the economy the situation do you understand okay all right Suze. all right all right catherine you're fired it is what it is um I see that Facebook Messenger is going to allow the communication with WhatsApp. Which should not come as a shock because they're all owned by Zuckerberg, isn't it? Now, the last year, Zuckerberg said he was planning to merge Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp in a unique service. So, um, if you have a Facebook account, you might be able to reach your friends having WhatsApp. Isn't that interesting? There wasn't much information, for example, the possibility for the user to block this feature and how this is possible and how the safety of the user is guaranteed because there are a lot of concerns about this merge. But at the moment, do we already know something? Now, I'm looking at 
um, wabitterinfo, alright, dot com. Talking about this integration of WhatsApp into Facebook's Messenger. Um, well, at the moment, Instagram is working to re- recommend to download Facebook Messenger as noted by the talented independent developer Alex193A. Okay. Now, this is not really an, an integration of the Facebook service into Instagram, but recently, this Alex has warned about the integration of WhatsApp into Facebook Messenger, including several important tracks. In particular, they're talking about the possibility, possibility to communicate with a user that uses a different Facebook app. In this case, between two users having WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger. And some important references were found about this integration. In particular, Facebook is creating some tables in a local database in order to manage messages and services with other WhatsApp users. Now let's understand this image together. Following the references listed in the image, Facebook can understand if a WhatsApp contact is blocked, sounds of push notifications, the details of a chat that includes particular information like the phone number of the contact, a message counter, uh, and uh, whether or not the chat is archived but not its content, members of a specific group, and profile pictures of the contact. So does it mean that uh, Facebook is already collecting WhatsApp messages? No. It's a local database that will start to contain, in the future, those messages. Being WhatsApp messages end-to-end encrypted, it's likely that Facebook will import the signal protocol to encrypt and decrypt messages already used by WhatsApp. Now, will Facebook upload the database on their server in order to save it for other devices? Well, they have not an answer for this question yet, but they have to wait for it to read their new terms of service and privacy policy to learn more. Okay. Speculation, speculation, I suppose. Now, here's something else that I found to be rather interesting. One of the richest Bitcoin whales in existence just moved $95 million in Bitcoin. And here's where the crypto is going. Uh, crypto insiders are following a multi-million dollar Bitcoin transaction from one of the richest Bitcoin whales in existence. The high-rolling crypto holder moved a total of 10,250 Bitcoin worth $95 million for a transaction fee of just $0.74. Cents. The movement was first spotted by the Bitcoin block bot, which is an automated ledger tracker that monitors large Bitcoin transactions. Uh, the most recent block explorer data shows that the big-time crypto owner sent the Bitcoin to an unknown wallet that is three transactions each valued at $10 or less. According to BitInfo charts, uh, the sending wallet held 16,662 Bitcoin before the latest transaction, which made it the 43rd largest known Bitcoin wallet in existence. The wallet has a history of sending and receiving large amounts of Bitcoin that can be traced as far back as April the 18th. It appears the Bitcoin in question was not sent to any known crypto exchange where it could be sold on the open market. The Bitcoin whale involved could be an early adopter who is trading Bitcoin over the counter or moving Bitcoin across multiple wallets for security and management purposes. Uh, It is also possible that the entity behind the big transfer is a cryptocurrency exchange, custody provider or institution managing digital assets on behalf of its clients. Ah, okay. Okay. Still have more on Bitcoin here. But we'll, show, we'll share more on that in a little bit. For now, let's get to something that you've come to know already about the show. If I can just find it. Uh, I'll look for it. I'll look for it. I'll look for it. There we go. Trust and on this one. Mm-hmm. Trust and on this one. 
One song he's heard in the last 24 hours that must be shared with you. Right here on Dan Dazzo the Show. <laughs> much me when I uh, after my third cut of black label <clears throat> looking at the bottle going like 
Oh, I'm gonna love you for a long time. Ooh, someone like I'm gonna love you for a long time. And there's nothing wrong as a grown-ass person if you wanna drink a little bit of a dop. Obviously, act responsibly and don't be a nuisance on other people. But I believe as a grown-ass person, um, you should have the option to drink wherever and whenever you want to. Even at restaurants if, during this pandemic time. Uh, because you know most of the currently at sit-down restaurants. You can purchase alcohol, but you can't consume it within the premises. You have to go and consume, consume it at your house or your own place, which is a bit dumb. Why permit the sale of alcohol in the first place then if I'm just going to be... You know what I mean? It just, just doesn't add up. Last week, uh, it saw restaurants open for sit-down customers in South Africa, having been closed for three months due to the lockdown. And Lobby Group, the restaurant collective, said that while this is cause for some celebration, many owners remain skeptical about their ability to turn any profits or to pay off huge debts accumulated in the last few months. Given the restriction on alcohol consumption under enhanced level 3 lockdown, alcohol can be bought on premises but may only be consumed at home. There are no countries in the world that have opened sit-down restaurants without alcohol. Eating out for many is time out where people want to catch up, to spoil themselves and to enjoy an eating experience that is not possible to have at home. And I agree with uh, this lobby group here, Restaurant Collective on that, on that front. A part of going out to a restaurant to eat is the entire consumer experience and alcohol plays an integral part in that experience so restaurant collective noted that many sit-down restaurants are simply not sustainable without the sale of alcohol which is a vital profit center with up to 70 percent of profit coming from these sales and uh, the group conducted research among its uh, sit-down restaurant members a week after reopening and it found that 76.5 percent are massively down for the year and more than half which is 55 percent of respondents have cut their staff complement by more than 50 percent and around the third which is 30 percent of respondents have cut their staff complement by less than half um, 32 percent of restaurant owners feel disheartened about the future while 37 percent are uncertain about the future and three quarters of respondents said that customers are patient and happy with the current protocols now there is a solution this is a suggestion from uh, the restaurant collective here saying that while there may be concerns for pubs and the current serving of alcohol sit-down restaurants are well suited to continue serving alcohol I want to hear this. I want to hear them flex out their argument here. They're saying they ask that sit-down dining establishments that already have on-consumption liquor licenses be allowed to serve alcohol with reasonable regulations. These sit-down restaurants would agree to limited hours for the sale of alcohol between half past 12 midday and 9 p.m., which is suggested, and that, that all alcohol sales would have to be accompanied by meal orders. Ah. Alcohol sales would also be limited to beer and wine only, as these are the drinks most commonly paired with food. To stimulate the sector and save jobs and entrepreneurial businesses, we need to enable these establishments to make a profit once again in, flagging econ in a flagging economy. Restric restricting the sale of alcohol will only further hamper the success of these small businesses. Uh, they also went on to say that the hygiene standards are already in place at these restaurants and uh, good social distancing protocols are being practiced. And reduced menus are in place and QR codes are, and online menus being used to facilitate social distancing. In short, any establishment that primarily sells food can serve alcohol with the following guidelines. One, 
alcoholic beverages be sold between half past 12 midday and uh, 9 p.m. only with meals. Two, no drinks to be served after the meal. Three, no standing um, allowed and bar counters to be off limits. Number four, no alcohol promotions or special events or offers. Number five, no loud music and dancing. Number six, beer and wine sales only. If you were asked, if you're asking me, I'd say just go back to where we were pre-COVID-19. And is that being reckless? No, it's just how I feel like it should be. We're grown as people. It's our lives. If I'm gonna contract a virus because I was so fucking irresponsible, it's my life. I can't be told by a serial or who's, who's the whoever is in the NCC and the the Zol lady. It's so fucking annoying. You know. Anyways, let's move the fuck away from this story. Um. Edcon is getting an offer for parts of Edgus. Retailability. Who are the owners of Legit and uh, Beaver Canoe and uh, Style Stores? They've made an offer for parts of Edgus. That's what the business rescue practitioners announced today. Now, retailability. Bought Legit clothing stores from Edgus for 637 million rands in 2016 and runs over 460 clothing stores across South Africa, Namibia, Botswana, Lesotho, and Eswatini. The Edcon Business Rescue Practitioners said that they had signed a heads-off agreement to sell parts of Edgar's to retailability, but the sale will be subject to various conditions, precedent, and regulatory approvals, including the competition authorities. And Edcon owner of, which is the owner of Jet and Edgar's, an employer of 17,200 staff, was placed in business rescue at the end of April after it could not pay suppliers following weak January sales and the loss of two billion rands in trade when stores were closed during the COVID-19 lockdown. And Edcon owes uh, secured and unsecured suppliers more than 8 billion rands. Lance Shapiro and Piers Marston, who are the business practitioners there, did not uh, say how many Edgar's stores are being sold and which ones will be closed, nor did they disclose the value of the deal and that the details of the transaction will be finalized on the signing of definitive agreements and fulfillment of conditions. The pair said the sale of Edgar's will ensure the growth and continuity of a proudly South African Edgar's brand and also have a significant number of jobs and also save a significant number of jobs. Uh, the terms of the potential sale were presented to stakeholders at various business rescue committee meetings. Shapiro and Mustin said they were unable to find a single buyer for all the Edgars. Um, however, their press release suggested that they were in complex transactions to sell other parts of the Edgar business that were at advanced stages. The speed of the process is to ensure um, new owners of the clothing brands can order summer stock in good time. Okay. At least there can be a couple of jobs saved in the process and some of the creditors uh, that are owed money but Edcon Group can uh, recoup some of that money a little bit which is not too bad then. So it's all doom and gloom. Okay. Dandas of the show this it's, uh, Tuesday. Oh, yeah, second day of the week. Uh, full speed, man. Full speed, working at full speed. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why are you crying, this this grown-ass man? Did you see this? This VBS heist accused whipping in court, saying that he intends to plead guilty and spill the beans during the trial. Um, Philip Tractor. And I'm going to state the obvious. He's the only white of, of, of the eight accused here. Uh, the 2.3 billion rand VBS mutual bank saga took a twist as, as uh, its former executive told the court he would 
spill the beans and reveal how people's life savings were allegedly looted. Okay, now, on Monday, at the Johannesburg Specialized Commercial Crimes Court, sitting in Palm Ridge, Philip Trotter, the former chief financial officer at VBS, he shocked the court when he said he would plead guilty to all 47 charges he faces in the alleged 2.3 billion rand bank heist. Trotter, who cried throughout the sitting, looked visibly pale and severely stressed, and he told the court through an affidavit read out by his lawyer, W.J. Hutting, that he felt very sorry for the people who lost their life savings after the bank folded in March 2018. And he's facing 47 charges of fraud, um, corruption, racketeering, theft, and money laundering. Should the counts make it to trial? Oh boy. He's the eighth accused in the case, and seven other directors and executives made their first appearances in the same court about two weeks ago. Oh wow. Now they are Chifiwa Matodzi, the former VBS chairperson, Andile Ramabunga, the former chief executive, and Popi Makudobwane, the former treasurer. Sipo Malaba, who was an auditor at KPMG, Lieutenant General Abashoni Ramikosi, who was uh, a non-executive director, as well as Ernest Nesane and Paul Magula, both of whom were representing the Public Investment Corporation as non-executive directors on the board. On Monday, Trotter's affidavit revealed he was reliant on his wife since his estate was sequestrated in November 2018 by the South, African, uh, by the South Gauteng High Court. However, he said he would reveal everything and work with the state. I intend to plead. I apologize for what happened and I'm sorry to the victims of VBS. That's what Tara said in his affidavit while he was uh, applying for bail. What your apologies, will they bring back the life savings, dog? Hmm? Will they? Huh? Oh. So, so Magistrate Brian Nemabidi accepted Trotter's affidavit and granted him bail of 50,000 rands. The other seven co-accused, who were granted bail of 100,000 rands each, all indicated they would plead not guilty and that the state had a weak case against them, and all eight accused would be back in court in October. Yo. Yeah. I can you up. In the meantime, let me give you that feature. The, the one that we are featuring. But the one that we are debuting today. Short story time on Dan Daza the show. Now remember, two languages will be used for this feature. Afrikaans and Zulu, because those languages I am in love with them. They fascinate me and I want to become more proficient in them. I want to uh, get more fluent in them. And uh, yeah, why not? Who doesn't want to be? A polyglot. Huh? The more languages you can speak, the better. Don't you think so? Yeah, you just, you're just a better human being. You can relate to more people um, when you can speak a host of languages. So, it's short story time, and today we're starting it off with Afrikaans, tomorrow it will be Zulu, and then Afrikaans, then Zulu, Afrikaans, and Zulu, Afrikaans, Zulu, Afrikaans, Zulu, Afrikaans, Zulu. I think, I think you get the drift. Yeah. So today's story, let me reach for it. Yeah. Pippi Lankos. Pippi gaan woon in huis winder eith. Aan die een end van a klein stadje 
le a verwarloste o dein. En de dein staan a oes en in die is woon Pippi Langkous. Sy is 9 jaar oud en sy woon stoksie alleen in die is. Sy het nie a mami of a papi nie en dit is vir haar eindelijk baie lekker want op die manier is daar ook mos niemand wat vir haar kan sê sy moet gaan slaap nes sy op haar lekkerste anstspeel is of wat vir haar levertraan kan enjag as sy liever lekker goed wil eet nie. Eens op die tijd het Pippi daarom a papi gehad en sy het vreselik baie van hom gehou. Ja, en sy het daarom a mami ook gehad, maar dit was so lang gelede dat Pippi haar glad nie kan onthou nie. Haar mami is dood toe, sy nog a klein ou babakie was, wat so gevarlik in haar wegie le en skree het dag geen mens na by haar kon kom nie. Pippi meen dat haar mami nou daar bou en die jimmel woon en dier a klein gatjie kan afkyk en haar dochterkie sien en Pippi kyk dikwils op en waai vir haar en sê Mami, moet nie bang wees nie hoor, ek sal rugkom. Maar haar papi het sy ook nie vergeet nie. Hy was as kipskapsteen en hy het op die oceane rondgevaar en Pippi het saam met hom op sy skip gevaar totdat hy dier as stormwind oorboord gewaai is en verdwijn het. Maar Pippi is heel te mal seker, hy sal een dag weer terugkom. Sy glo glad nie dat hy verdrink het nie. Sy glo dat hy tot by a eiland gedreef het wat vol mensvretters was en toe word hy die koning van al die mensvretters en nou loop hy die hele dag met a gouwe kroon op sy kop daar rond. My mami is a engeligtje en my papi is a mensvretter koning. Ja! En dis nie sommer elkeen wat so wonderlijke mami en papi het nie. Vertel Pippi altyd hoog in haar noppies. En as my papi eers vir hom a boot gebouw het, dan kom hy my haal en dan word ek mens vredderprinses. Dan gaan jylle a ding sien. Jare gelede al het haar papi die ou huis met die ou teen gekoop. Ergedenk hy en Pippi so lekker daar kon saamwoon as hy eendag oud word en nie meer op die oceane kan rondwaar nie. Maar toe kom die lastige stormwind en waai hom in die see in. En terwyl Pippi nou wacht dat hy moet terugkom, het sy maar so lang in huis wanneer hy is gaan woon. Dit was die eerste naam. Hy het mos klaar gemeebleerd daar vir haar staan en wacht. Een heerlijke sommeraand het sy al die matrosse op haar papiese skip gegroot. Hylle was baie lief vir Pippi en sy vir hylle. Tot sinds ouwens sy Pippi en soen hylle die een na die ander op die voorkop. Moet jylle nie oor my bekommer nie, oor? Ek sal rugkom. Oeh, pretty sketchy there. Ugh.
very 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 sketchy uh, if you're uh, a first language speaker of Afrikaans sorry for having butchered your language there and having misread certain things will come right with time same goes for you Zulu speaker tomorrow when you go through a short story in Zulu uh, the point is for us to get more proficient and um, yeah flex our linguistic muscles on this show all right all right i, I hope you've hope you've forgiven me short story time on dan Daza, the show that was today's short story aren't we glad it's over now yeah um before i'm out of here let me see 25 million rands of the 30 million rand draft relief grant for uh, uh, the, the drought relief grant for Hrafrenet goes missing. <laughs> Only 5 million rands of a 30 million rand grant for a drought relief provided to the Dr. Bayers Nodier local municipality based in Hrafrenet was spent and the rest of it cannot be traced. This was uh, one of the findings made by the Auditor General in a report on the municipality's finances for the 2018-2019 financial year. And that's something else. As a taxpayer, you are set to cough up uh, 40 billion rands because the treasury is pondering the viability of a wealth tax and how it relates to property taxes and uh, estate tax uh, to mitigate expected budget deficits of uh, 709 billion rands this financial year. Once again, it will be wealthier taxpayers who will have to dig deeper into their pockets for the additional 40 billion rands in tax revenue that government wants to collect over the next four years to make its books look better. In South Africa, you could find yourself uh, helping to foot the estate's bill if you pay municipal property taxes, uh, if you sell assets that require capital gains tax to be paid, if you purchase a property and pay transfer costs and earn dividends that are taxable or receive an inheritance. This according to tax experts. Uh, during a parliamentary meeting on Friday, Edgar Sishi, acting head of National Treasury's Budget Office, said that Treasury was considering proposals from the Davis Tax Committee, such as the viability of a wealth tax and how it related to property taxes and estate tax. Since February's budget was presented, the state's financial position has worsened dramatically due to the impact of the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, and a budget deficit of 709 billion rands is expected uh, for this financial year. And that this pushes the consolidated budget deficit up from the figure of 6.8% of GDP that was expected in February to 15.7% of uh, GDP. Yeah. Uh, oh boy. Alright, before your head explodes now, because I feel like this is a info overload. Here's how criminals are stealing from your bank accounts here in South Africa. Criminals here in SA are using social engineering to steal personal and confidential information from South Africans according to Sabrek. This type of crime relies heavily on personal data, which is why many pickpockets and muggers are now sifting through their victims' smartphones to see if they can log into the banking app or other sensitive services. Phishing, whether it is through email, voice calls, or SMSing, remains a common method of, uh, for criminals to trick victims into divulging their online banking credentials. And uh, personal information includes identity documents, driver's licenses, passports, addresses, and contact details, amongst others, and could be used to eventually commit fraud. Confidential information includes usernames, passwords, and PIN numbers, uh, which should never be shared with anybody. 
Sebrick says that South Africans should be wary of social engineering attacks where criminals call you and pretend to be a bank representative. Tactics, tactics that continue to be rife are vishing. Now, vishing is uh, voice calls. And by the way, SMSing is called SMSing. SMS is called smishing. Yes. Uh, so, vishing, where criminals call you and manipulate you into believing that they are from the bank to coerce you into revealing confidential information like pins or passwords and SMS and, and smishing where you are sending SMS leading you to believe that you will be assisted to trace your phone and duping you into revealing this confidential information. She added that uh, standard email phishing where you are sent an email which you believe to be from your bank that asks you to click on a link that requires your pins or passwords and business email comprise uh, uh, business email compromise remains a concern as criminals target specific employees and organizations who are authorized to transfer funds or make payments. And then criminals utilize information obtained from company websites and or other digital platforms to identify the details of CEOs, financial directors and other key senior individuals. They then impersonate uh, these individuals by sending electronic requests via email or text message to junior staff in the accounting or finance, uh, finance function requesting that an urgent payment be made to a specific beneficiary. And by the time the employee realizes that the funds have been paid into the incorrect account, it's too late. So here's how you can protect yourself. Sebrick said that all of the banks it partners with have robust fraud mitigation mechanisms, which is why criminals find it easier to target customers and use social engineering to steal money. Through staying informed and following the safety tips, uh, safety tips provided by banks and Sebrick, customers can make it difficult for criminals to defraud them of their hard-earned money. The locking of mobile phones using dual authentication where available and monitoring bank transactions through SMS notifications should be standard practice for all online banking customers. Other steps that South Africans can take to avoid becoming a victim of common banking crime include the following. 1. Do not carry unnecessary personal information on your wallet. 2. Do not disclose personal information such as passwords and pins when asked to do so by anyone via telephone, fax or email. 3. Don't write down pins and passwords and avoid obvious choices like birth dates and first names. And number 4. Don't use any personal identification information as a password, a user ID or a personal identification number. Number 5. Don't use internet cafes or unsecured terminals like at hotels or at conference centers etc. to do your banking. Okay. Noted. Definitely noted. That said, I'll see you again tomorrow for Wednesday. We'll get better. We'll improve. My reading of Africa will improve. My reading of Zulu will improve. Everything will improve. It's the only thing that's normal. Things must improve. The show must improve. You must improve. Your mind must improve. Your knowledge base must improve. Oh, your time with us here must improve. Dennis on the show Monday through Friday with me, the best thing ever in the form of audio entertainment. You will improve. We're the best after all. Okay. See you again tomorrow. Oh, oh boy. Welcome to Tantaza the show. Monday to Friday. Independent. Current. Exciting. Subscribe and follow.